Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. That's the sound of rock cracking, or the economic foundations of America cracking, or the economic foundations of the world cracking, or is it possibly the coronavirus breaking away, cracking, as science and prayers are tearing down at it? What is it? Well, you come to the right place. This is Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and a politics of everything is wrapped around this coronavirus and what a week last week was and it so much is changing all the time that it's hard to keep up with it so what we're going to do on this week's show is go back look at some of the facts and figures from last week what happened between the stock market between the biggest economic package ever ever i mean nobody would even have dreamed about this even a year ago Six trillion dollars. We're going to talk about that. We got a clip of President Trump talking about what's going on with it. Hey, uh, we're in a presidential election year. I mean, we're, we have already got the uh, de facto Democratic nominee who'll be going against Donald Trump, and nobody's talking about it. But we did have uh, uh, Joe Biden did do some uh, uh, little videotaping from home, and we got a we got some of the things he said. You may not want to hear them, but he he uh, got got those words out one way or another. So we're going to do a little of that in the second half of the show. But this is an unprecedented time in America and the world. And you're right here listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I will tell you, go back to last week's show. If you didn't hear last week's show, we had Pastor Paula White Kane. And what a great interview of her during these trying times. And many of you may have heard of her. You may not have heard her speak. So she wasn't preaching or teaching. She was just on the show as Doc Holliday gave her some questions. And we talked about her new book. And in an atmosphere that I think you can go back and really get a lot out of that. And for those who don't know, Pastor Paula White Kane is the spiritual advisor. She's a Christian who speaks with prays with and uh, has uh, been a friend of donald trump for many years and uh, we talk about a little bit of that in our interview last week and and she talks a lot about it in her book so uh be sure to go back to last week if you didn't hear last week's show with pastor paula white and the week before that we had the show talking about a wartime president equivalency with this coronavirus a lot of things just really rolling out right now. And so what I wanted you to do is make sure you understand that a solid ground that we are standing on in these uncertain times 
is the fact that America has been through a lot in the past and has come out stronger. Now, how do we manage that? It's not because of one president or one person. It's who can help put a team together and inspire the American people to give of themselves, give of the time, give of caring, and doing some hard work, rolling up the shirt sleeves, getting things like uh, uh, the ventilators that are needed made, and putting together tasks and teams and showing confidence in a face of fear. And I think Pastor Paula White have talked about that some last week in her interview. So please go back and listen to that. And I have to tell you, we're going to start off with just looking at some of these facts and figures that are actually scary because they're going up every day. And then there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about China. So stay on here. Let me. I know you can look at these facts and figures this week, and they're changed. They have changed. They change daily. But at the end of the week last week, Italy had the most deaths, 9,134 deaths. I'm sure that's a lot higher by the time you're listening to this. But deaths per 1 million population, that's 151, the highest of any country in the world. Now, to give you an example, in the United States, we've had 1,700 deaths when we recorded this show, and it's 5.2 deaths per 1 million population. Big difference between Italy and the United States at this point. Now, what is happening is uh, the confirmed cases. Nowhere in the world are there more confirmed cases now than in the United States of America. Why is that? Well, we have more people tested than anywhere else in the world. Now, the count they don't give, and I wish they would, and I would ask them to give, is how many people have been tested. And that makes a huge difference. And it does help the more people who think they have some kind of complications to go ahead and get tested and go by what the CDC says. They got websites now set up where you can see if you need to be tested or not. And the tests are becoming more available and becoming quicker as uh, they learn more about this virus, learn how to detect it, learn how what we need to know about it, and what treatments may be helping. Doctors are out there trying different uh, regimens, and hopefully this is something that will help us defeat the virus and in the stage, get it into a stage of going down. We heard President Trump say, could we possibly be back into a place where we can start going to work and doing a few things by Easter. Now, that would be great. Will we? Can we? Well, I think what President Trump is saying, it's going to be different parts of the country in different states. Uh, And I don't mean states as in like Colorado or uh, Oregon. I mean in different states, states of mind, states of being. Those are the things that we'll know about more. And and when they get all those facts and figures together, they can make better uh, decisions. So we, we are waiting on that. But the deaths count, death counts between Italy of 9,134 deaths, Spain 5,138. That's a death per 1 million population of 110. China, 3,295 deaths. Deaths per 1 million population, 2.4. 
Well, that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say something about China. I don't trust those figures out of China. Nobody had the virus before China. They had the first problem. And now we're finding out they had some pictures of some Chinese, which has been shut down as far as I know of lately, but uh, some pictures of urns as people are just now being able to allowed by the government to go get the ashes of their loved ones. And as they're going, they're seeing these stacks of urns in the hundreds and thousands, hundreds and thousands of urns in Wuhan where this virus started. So what does that mean? Well, I think it means we've got a lot more deaths in China that weren't attributed to the uh, Wuhan virus or the coronavirus. And so these numbers out of China, I think, are manufactured by the Communist Party. Now, remember, even in the middle of January, in the middle of January, the Communist Party of China was saying this. They did not believe it was a human-to-human transmitted. They didn't. They wanted the world not to worry about it because even in the middle of January, we started knowing there's problems Probably in December, January, people were getting sick in the Wuhan area in China. And yet the doctor who uh, shouted out the alarm, he was arrested. Teams of doctors were arrested. So this information wouldn't get out. The doctor who first blew the lid on it, he died from the virus. And the Communist Party of China it keeps giving us misinformation that is really leading to uh, bad results and slow results of getting prepared for what was coming. They could have saved the world a lot of problems. And Donald Trump, I believe, has rightly pointed out, if they'd given us information, if they let American scientists go in and help and define what was going on, which we offered to do, and they wouldn't let anybody go in. So these are some things that Really, when you look at these grim statistics, I mean, this is uh, in the United States, I'm sure getting the 2000 range uh, as you're hearing this, the deaths. So, and it's happening not just only to the elderly, most susceptible are the elderly, but we know some young people, seemingly healthy, who have succumbed to this. So, these are the things that are are part of still the ongoing study and all this has to be taken in consideration by president trump as he tries to thread the needle to get the deaths down and at the same time not take this country into a economic depression and the world now the world is watching america because we are its strongest economy and if we if we go into a depression it's going to hurt the rest of the world. America has to lift up the rest of the world with our strong economy and give the world hope and have a consumer that will buy products from around the world. So that's one reason you see what what they did in that bill last week. And we're going to talk about that and play a clip from the president. But I did want to say I just had to talk about China and let you know what they were doing. And the fact that this is going on in uh, around the world, and it started in Wuhan, China, and they still won't give us complete information. 
of what what happened with what did the congress and the president throw at this was it a beautiful bill absolutely not there's a lot of things i didn't like in it but 300 billion cash for families across the country 350 billion in loans that are forgiven if you don't uh, put your workers uh you know to business if you don't lay off your workers 250 billion expanded unemployment that will pay your wage not unemployment wage but your wage you were making for four months incredible incredible uh help to the economy that nobody would ever dreamed of like i said even a month ago so what happened what about the stock market let's talk about that just a second first take a listen to this Well, hidey high and hidey low, that was blood, sweat, and tears in a long, long ago song. And wow, longer than that song was the Depression, the Great Depression. 1929 crash, the depression of the 30s that ushered in FDR and some social programs for the first time in America because everybody was hurting so bad. And they've gone back and studied the Great Depression and said they should have thrown money in early, throwing it at it. Well, that's what they're doing now. We'll see how this works. But the president did not lose any sleep over doing unprecedented amounts of money. And in this, I just mentioned about the $300 billion cash, $350 billion to loan forgiveness for businesses. All this is adding up for a couple of trillion dollars. And on top of that, unprecedented move, telling the Federal Reserve, allowing them to have $4 trillion and even more if needed to put uh, cash into the economy. That means printing money old times it used to be printing money now it's just digitally sending money to banks uh, but what does that mean what happened in the stock market we hadn't seen the stock market ever in the history of the stock market go down so fast within a month's time where it it was hitting up in what 28 29,000 and then going all the way down to 18,000 within two or three weeks unprecedented that bear market that started in 2008 when we had the Great Recession, well, it started and then it, we came out of that. We had this great bull market, went for over 10 years. And then in one month, it goes into a basically a stock market crash. The uncertainty of this is the fact that it's never happened so quick. We had the uh, what Donald Trump would like to say the greatest economy in the world and the best economy America's ever had in the number of jobs he's correct in the number of amount of money being uh, produced and made and by this country he was correct so do we sit on top of a quick rebound what they like to say is as we went down do we go up as quick 
or a, a, maybe a lesser curve. Do we get back to where we were? How long does it take us to get there? America's always come back, but it may take several years. It may take several months. What do we know? That's the uncertainty that's in the stock market, and it's reflected in the prices. Now, I watch some stocks go down 70 and 80%. I saw one stock go down 80% and in one day it shot back up 70%. I mean, it's roller coaster time and, and there were a lot of stocks that's gone down, up and down, up and down, but most of them lost about 25 to 30% of their value. That means 401ks. That means retirement funds. That means people's savings. They, they saw them wiped out. Now, does wiped out mean gone forever? Well, they can come back unless they sold. And in the panic, that's what happens in a crash. There's a lot of panic selling. People go, well, I can't stand to see it go down anymore. And and that's where they say, I got to sell because I, I can't lo- afford to lose anymore. So, and then, and then it doesn't come back because they don't have the stock. Or then you hold on to it goes down 80% and then there's nothing left. And the company goes bankrupt, and you lose it all. So what? What does it mean? Those are those things are what make uncertain times. And so, what I wanted you to understand is nobody. If anybody tells you they know how this is going to go, that they're, they're just completely wrong because we are in unprecedented, uncharted territory when it comes to the stock market and the economy. We've never had a world that this tight knit around the world. And that's why this coronavirus has gone around the world so fast because people are moving and traveling. And even when Trump stopped travel from China, they helped us from China. But what was happening is all the Chinese were kept going to Europe and people in America go to Europe and fly back from Europe. And that's where they started uh, tracking a lot of the first cases in America is coming over from Europe. That's in the past. They'll keep, we'll hear about that in history. But as far as the stock market goes we got a worldwide uh, negativity a shrinkage of the economy now how bad does it shrink well like i said earlier america will lead the world we are the world's largest economy and for the rest of the world to have a chance and coming up and coming back out of this strong it will depend on the strength of the american economy i think donald trump knows this now, he is in a situation where, I mean, you've heard some shows just go absolutely crazy uh, trying to tie fires around him because they there's a hatred for Trump by some people. Not just a negativity, not that I don't like him. There's absolutely hatred for him on a lot of these uh, mainstream media stations. And, and the only thing I can say is the Trump derangement syndrome is... Uh, alive and well i wish it wasn't but we see that so let me tell you what donald trump is doing and needs to do and i'm going to tell you about that right after i remind you you're listening to doc holiday's rock splitting politics right here on webtalkradio.net that's webtalkradio.net and we got a book out dr ed holiday dr alveda king dr alex mcfarland it's called bedrock truth and you can go to the front page of my website right there here on Web Talk Radio, Rock Splitting Politics. See a picture of the book. Click on that. I'll take you to my website. There you can order the book. We'd love to get that out to you. So uh, be sure to do that. And now, let's uh, 
let's listen a little bit of Donald Trump talking about this signing this uh, bill that was put on his desk. And we could talk all about how long it took to build, what's in it, and some things I don't like in it. But America needed something quickly to be reassured. And the economy had to be reassured. Wall Street had to be reassured. Business owners had to be reassured. They were getting some help. And families had to be reassured. So this is what this bill was for. There's some pork in there that is just unbelievable what the Democrats threw in there to get it done. And and the reason they, the fact that they did that under this national emergency, I I think is people need to remember that in November. But let's let's listen to the president talking about it as he signed this bill last week. And I must say, or any other package, by the way. It's twice as large as any relief ever signed. It's uh, 2.2 billion, but it actually goes up to 6.2 potentially billion dollars, trillion dollars. So you're talking about a 6.2 trillion dollar bill, nothing like that. And this will deliver urgently needed relief to our nation's families, workers and businesses. And uh, that's what this is all about. And it got a 96 to nothing. And I don't know, what was the number in uh, Congress? What voice, was the host, the voice, wow. that's yep. fantastic. I think it's just as close. That's pretty amazing. That's about the same thing, right, Kevin? Yes. So that's fantastic. But I want to thank Republicans and Democrats for coming together, setting aside their differences, and putting America first. This legislation provides for direct payments to individuals and unprecedented support to small businesses. We're going to keep our small businesses strong and our big businesses strong. And that's keeping our country strong and our jobs strong. This historic bill includes the following. $300 billion in direct cash payments will be available to every American citizen earning less than $99,000 per year. $3,400 for a typical family of four. So family of four, $3,400. And then $350 billion in job retention loans for small businesses with loan forgiveness available for businesses that continue paying their workers. The workers get paid. Approximately $250 billion in expanded unemployment benefits. The average worker who has lost his or her job will receive 100% of their salary for up to four full months. So things like this have never happened in our country. $500 billion in support for hard-hit industries with a ban on corporate stock buybacks. We don't let them buy back the stock. We don't let that happen. And tough limits on executive compensation. Over $100 billion to support our heroic doctors, nurses, and hospitals. And you see what's happening. And I want to thank, while we're here, also the incredible job that's done by the Army Corps of Engineers and by FEMA. It's been incredible. The did four hospitals in two days or three days in New York, and they're like incredible structures. What a job they've been doing, and they're doing them all over the country. $45 billion for the Disaster Relief Fund, supporting our state, local, and tribal leaders. $27 billion for the development of vaccines, therapies, and other public health response efforts, including $16 billion to build up the strategic national stockpile with critical stockpiles. And I'm going to, we have uh, tremendous supplies coming into the stockpile, and you'll be seeing that and hearing about it a little bit because we're doing a, a news conference at 530 on what's happening. We've had tremendous uh, results 
on the respirators. We've had great results on uh, just about everything we're talking about. Uh, Boeing just announced that they're going to be making the plastic face shields, the actual shields, which are hard to come by, and they're going to be making them by the thousands a week. And uh, the ventilators, which is probably the most difficult because it's like it's like building a car. Uh, we will be announcing thousands uh, of are going to be built and we have them under contract and uh, we have fast deliveries. As you know, we delivered thousands to New York and unfortunately they were delivered to a warehouse, which was good. Unfortunately, they didn't take them, but now they're taking them. New York is now taking them and uh, redistributing them around the areas that they need. So you have also $3.5 billion to states to expand child care benefits for health care workers, first responders and others on the front lines of this crisis, and $1 billion for securing supplies under the Defense Protection Act. And as you know, I've uh, enacted the act. We've used it uh, three or four times. I pulled it back three times because uh, the companies came through in the end. They didn't need the act. It's been great leverage. I have instituted it against General Electric. We thought we had a deal for 40,000 ventilators, and all of a sudden the 40,000 came down to 6,000. And uh, then they talked about a higher price than we were discussing, so I didn't like it. Uh, so we did, uh, we did activate it with respect to General Motors, and hopefully maybe we won't even need the full activation. We'll find out. But we need the ventilators. Uh, I said hello today. I called him. Uh, a wonderful guy, Boris Johnson, as you know, he tested positive. And before he even said hello, he said, we need ventilators. Well, that was the president right there. He's talking about Boris uh, uh, Johnson. And there, uh, Prime Minister of the UK saying, first thing he says, we need ventilators. Well, America has got to get the ventilator for themselves, but the world is still going to depend on us for so much. And this is an unprecedented time in American history and world history. And America, if it responds in a way that threads the needle between taking care of those who are sick and, and flattening that curve, like they like to say to the CDC, to keep the infection from multiplying in, uh, in, a, in a quadrupling type of way. And if America can learn social distancing cleaning surfaces, washing hands, and not shaking hands. Uh, there's a lot that we can do and get our country back together with these new normals and get the economy going. It's essential that we thread that needle. There may be a time that comes and people can look back and say America is stronger and is better for what we had to live through of no making of our own. Now, President Trump's role in that is going to be very pivotal in if he gets reelected or not. So there's a lot of things that are riding on this president. That's why two weeks ago in the show I said he needs to rise to the occasion with some speeches, some talking, and every day he's uh, there giving an update on this coronavirus episode that's across America. And he needs to instill some calm and patience. And I believe that's what's driving some of the mainstream media crazy because he is showing some calm and reserve and strong, sound decisions to think of the economy and how important that is. So these are the things, as we got to hear the president say, that America's watching and the world is watching. 
And I said there may be a time that comes that people can say he was the right president at the right time because he had a business mind. Will the mainstream media ever say that? We'll wait and see. (laughs) I mean, these are crazy times. I cannot predict, predict what will happen. I can't predict what the American people will do. But I do know this. I want your family to stay safe. I want my families to stay safe as ever. Nothing in this life is certain except what? Two things, death and taxes. So make sure you're secure of where your future is beyond this world. I'll say that. And we've had people like Pastor Paula and others can help you with that if you need some help. But I will say that what Donald Trump does and his team and Americans, and even the Democrats, and everybody working together and during this unprecedented time, it's going to be something that future generations can look back and say, this was our great hour, our generation's great response. And we need that. We really need that. Everybody working together. I wasn't going to get a lot into politics today. Don't want to, but I had to play this from... Joe Biden, he he was trying to get back in the picture last week. So here's a little clip from a Sean Hannity show. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, you're supposed to cough into your elbow. I don't know, sir. That's, I learned that actually covering your White House. That's, that you no, do- I, actually, actually, that's true. But fortunately, I'm alone in my home. But that's OK. We have to take care of the cure. That will make the problem worse no matter what. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he just act like a president? That's a stupid way to say it. You know, guess, Donald Trump really was asked wishy- on. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I probably best I don't. I just can't figure the guy. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like watching a yo yo. I shouldn't have said it that way. It's like watching. It feels that way. I want to ask. <laughs> I want. Our Secretary of State insisted, and this broke the meeting up basically in terms of our influence, that this be called the Luhan virus. Oh boy, good news for Biden. Maybe no one paid attention. Viewership for his virtual happy hour this week, 2,800 viewers. And just breaking tonight, Biden caught in another lie because it turns out Biden and Obama sought millions in CDC funding cuts, completely undercutting Biden smears and lies against President Trump, which are saving thousands of lives, of course. Now, Biden was uh, asked about this moments ago. He didn't have a good answer. Take a look. Should the Obama administration have done more to replenish the supplies in preparation for future outbreaks? Well, we uh, we spent a lot of time. I was not part of it. Our administration spent a lot of time working with the incoming Trump administration, laying out exactly what could happen with the future pandemic. Joe, just not answering the question there. I mean, this man wants to be president of the United States. He wants to be president of the United States, and he doesn't look that strong. I think a lot of Democrats are going, why can't we get New York Governor Cuomo? Why can't we draft him to be our nominee? And you know what? A Cuomo Hillary ticket, not out of question, because Joe Biden's not looking that uh, flashy, not looking too bright. What did Biden say to that yo-yo, yo-yo Biden? That's that's what we may need to call him, yo-yo Biden. Uh, no FDR, that's for sure. Hey, listen, 
Thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics. We packed a lot in this week, and it is going to be enormously important to see what's going on in the next few weeks. And we'll be keeping up with everything right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics. See you next week. God bless you. God bless America. Pray for our country. Pray for those in authority above us, including our president, vice president, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, and uh, Congressman McCarthy. And all our representatives and everybody and governors uh, on down to the mayors and everybody. Let's pray for America. Help your officials. And let's get through this coronavirus episode. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHoliday.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week.